Hi, and welcome to L- episode 62 of the LDS study session with your host, Matt Roberts. And uh, moving on to the new section of our Come Follow Me today, uh, found in July 29th to August 4th, Acts 22 to 28, a minister and a witness. This is um, a great section, focusing on Paul mainly in captivity, uh, but the many lessons that he teaches and the spirit that he testifies in. I'm going to look in the section uh, that starts with uh, disciples of Jesus Christ share their testimonies boldly. Uh, And this shares two sections uh, within these chapters where Paul recounts his uh, conversion story uh, to different groups of people. Uh, And I want to look at these two different groups and why we can see parallels in the way that we testify and teach today. How they teach us different uh, aspects of how we should be bold in our testimony. The first group that Paul testifies to is a a group of um, people that have tried to capture him and keep him imprisoned. Uh, And he motions to them that he wants to speak. uh, And they quiet him down and they listen to what he has to say. Now, um, Paul goes through and recounts his conversion story. And I'm not going to go too much into detail in that, in this sense, uh, in this podcast uh, because there is a future section in the Come Follow Me, which I'll probably cover tomorrow, where we look at the differences uh, between the three accounts of Paul's vision of Jesus, of Jesus Christ, uh, and interestingly how that links to Joseph Smith and his first vision accounts. Um, so I'll, I'll leave that for now. But I want to look at the group that he testifies to. So this group here, it's interesting to, to note that Paul testifies of his uh, vision of, of the Saviour. And then in verse uh, 22, 23, it says, And they gave him audience unto his word, and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not that he should live. And as they cried out and cast off their, uh, and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that, they, that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried against him. So they clearly have a very negative reaction to what he is saying. Um, and it's interesting that Paul was so willing to testify to these people because, I mean, we don't know, you know, potentially if he knew that they would react in such a negative way, but he could probably tell at that moment that they were not a very pleasing crowd. However, he still testified. And we can learn from this. It is easy uh, to testify or share our testimony to those people that... Uh, ask us, oh, so what do you believe in? Or tell us, or tell me a bit more about your belief, which we'll find a bit later in, in Paul's second uh, account. But um, it is another to testify to someone who may well disagree uh, with what we have to say. Yeah, even, you know, in their opinion, viewers less um, highly if we testify of what we truly believe in. Um, however, Paul was 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 happy to do this he was understanding that he was a minister uh, a special witness of the savior and so he still testified which was a is a great uh, inspiring act we then look further in acts chapter 26 and we then um, see agrippa uh, king agrippa and paul testifies to him and very differently uh, in verse 1 of uh, chapter 26 he says it says and then then agrippa said unto paul thou art permitted to speak for thyself so here, King Agrippa is, like I mentioned before, um, giving an opportunity for Paul to testify. Um, and so Paul takes this. And I think we probably would find this easier in this circumstance. However, we need to remember that this is a king that uh, Paul is testifying to. 
um, because he um, is quite another to, to testify to someone of such great power. But in verse 2, we see Paul's response, which is great. He says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews. So, you know, he, he puts forward that he's really happy to be here and sharing, you know, why there are so many people um, not happy with him, uh, which, which is excellent. Another thing which I thought was quite interesting in the way that Paul testified is in uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 8, where he says, Why should it be a thought of thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? Now, sometimes when I share my testimony of the restoration, I become very self-aware that I am talking about things which to many people will seem quite incredible to believe, that the prophet Joseph Smith saw God and Jesus Christ, that he saw an angel and went to a hill and lifted a boulder, as it were, and found ancient records of peoples in the ancient Americas who saw Jesus, who Jesus visited the Americas, uh, and you know all these other spiritual witnesses that um, you know John the Baptist and then Peter, James, and John came as angels or as resurrected beings, as it were, and restored the priesthood to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. Like these are miraculous uh, tales that we are sharing and testifying of, and I know that they, I I have come to know that they are true for myself. But for someone that hasn't come to feel that spirit of the truth when they've heard of these things or studied these things, it can seem a very unbelievable and incredible account. Um, but I guess this um, statement that Paul makes is actually a really important one, that if we do believe in God and that God is real, then these things are minute miracles compared to what can be done and has been done uh, before uh, in the ages. Uh, Elder Hubie Brown uh, said something very um, good on this. He said, um, quote, We sometimes meet with scepticism, when we say that he still reveals, but let us paraphrase the words of Paul for a moment. Why should it be thought a thing incredible that God will do what he has promised to do? If time would permit, we could take you through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation and show the promises of God with respect to the latter days. Why should it be thought incredible not only that he would keep his promise, but that he would continue to do what he has done through all the dispensations of the gospel from the beginning? Close quote. Now, obviously, you know, when we testify to people that don't have a belief in God, that may be different. Uh, we, I mean, that's where they need to come to know of his reality and the fact that he is there before we then say, and then, of course, this restoration thing isn't such a huge thing to have happened. It, it's all well within God's power. But I do find it interesting uh, when we talk to people who do have a belief in God and even in a particular church who say that this is quite an unbelievable thing to happen. Isn't there even more unbelievable things that have happened in the scriptures before? things which will have taken much more of a miracle to happen than what happened in the restoration. Um, and so, you know, we, we see we see many things such as Red Seas parting and we see um, donkeys talking, although, you know, it's been discussed whether that did actually happen or if it was a metaphor or, or something like that. Uh, but we see, and we see Jesus being resurrected from the dead. You know, we see many miracles which, when you think about it, pale in comparison to an angel coming to a to a young boy and, and teaching him. So it's um I think what's interesting is that over time when things are, you know, claimed to have happened by hum humanity standards fairly recently, like the restoration, there seems to be more skepticism and doubt. 
uh, which uh, is an interesting thing. Uh, so, you know, I think what I need to do, take from this is that when I testify, uh, and I need to be more willing to do so, no matter what the audience is. I mean, obviously, I shouldn't do it everywhere and with every person I meet, but, you know, even when someone is maybe more disbelieving or even a bit more uh, try, trying to t take a bit more humour or, or be, be a bit more unkind about my, my testimony, I should still be willing to testify as Paul did in the first account, no matter how grand their status, like Wicking Agrippa. And also remember that these are things which are true that we testify of and, and not to pull back from them. An example is, is we, had a, we held an open house in my ward uh, a couple of days ago on the Saturday. And um, we had a few visitors, which was great. We had a number of people come and look around the church. There was one person in particular who I um, gave a little tour around our priesthood room. Like we kind of set up different pictures and displays and a couple of uh, videos and, and a couple of lines of authority as well. And we came to these lines of authority, one of them being my own. And this brother seemed at first a little sceptical. And I talked through how... You know, these, this authority has been passed through um, all these people, and you can see the dates there when these people were ordained to the priesthood. And then he questioned, of course, well, you know, this only goes back to 1829, and you say it goes back to the Saviour. So, of course, then I, I testified about how Peter, James, and John came as, as heavenly visitor, visitors to, to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery and, and restored this priesthood. And I testified that as I've seen the priesthood in action and seen... God's hand worked through this priesthood, I, I know that this must have happened, that it must have come from the Saviour himself. And he was grateful for that testimony, uh, even though it may sound, you know, like a fanciful story or something that, um, you know, is, is unbelievable to, to, to accept. He did. And so um, it was a great example to me how we should be willing to share that testimony with whoever and wherever we are. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the session today, focusing on Paul and his great boldness in testifying of his um, witness of the Saviour. If you have anything to uh, share with me that you've been studying from this week, please do so at my S. Roberts 90. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, until we meet again.